inspired and motivated by him himself every single day. Because uh, his, his ambition rivals Vince's. He, he, he wants it. And he wants greatness. At, 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 at a level no one has ever achieved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, here with the one, the only, Paul Heyman. So good to have you back Sir, on the show. How are you? I am doing fantastic. It's so cool to be doing this in person again. I think that the interview that we did before on the show was my favorite interview that I've done. Uh, don't tell the other people that, but it's my favorite interview that we've done because I just love getting to pick your brain. And the fact that we get to do this during WrestleMania week blows my mind because I feel like you have a lot going on this week. I feel like your phone's going to be blowing up constantly. That's where I turned it off. <laughs> okay, and I, good. I kind of dread turning it back on after this. And in some ways, I also kind of look forward to it, you know? Yeah, I feel like you enjoy being busy. Yeah. I, Do you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm good at it, you know? So, uh, so I, I like doing things that I'm good at because I, I really suck at 99% of the things in life <laughs> that are kind of ne necessary to like move forward in life, you know, or, or things that I like would like to do that I blatantly can't. So, you know, when I find something that, you know, that I can do and I do it well, boy, I stick to it because uh, it, it, at least I can have some self-esteem regarding it. What's number one on that list of things that you can't do that you wish you could? Oh, so many, you know, What's, I, like what are, what are some of the top ones? Well, I, I'm much like my father, I, I, I have no hips, I'm flat-footed, I'm splay-footed. Like, if I ever get pulled over for a DUI, and I don't, I, don't, I, I don't really drink. I mean, I've had drinks in my life, and I don't abstain because I've ever had a problem with it. I just don't drink because, I, number one, I, I don't like the buzz. And, and, and number two, it's way too many calories for a guy whose metabolism doesn't work like it used to. <laughs> uh, but still, uh, like, if I ever get pulled over for a DUI, I'm going to jail. Because I, I forget walking heel to toe, you know. It's like everybody always makes fun of of of, of, of the swagger, you know. And, yeah. and, and the, like the original idea of the swagger was kind of like John Travolta in, in, in Saturday Night Fever, and also just to give the impression of wow, this guy has really big balls. Look at the way that he uh, they walks. So he has to accommodate those balls just by walking like this. I walk that way anyway because I I, I can barely walk a straight line. So with that preamble, making a long story e even longer. I'd love to be able to tap dance. I'd love to be able to tap dance down the stairs like James Cagney and Yankee Doodle Dandy. And I can't. <laughs> um, I'd love to be able to play the piano like, like Chico Marx. Not like any of the other great concert pianists in the world, like Chico Marx, because he had fun doing it. And just the way he does it, like, if anybody ever goes on YouTube and goes down the rabbit hole of watching Chico Marx play ch piano. Well, I'm definitely going to it, now. There's just such a joy in the way that he does it. Um, I'd love to be able to play piano like Chico Marx. I can't. Um, I, 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 I metaphorically and, 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 and figuratively juggle chainsaws in, in what I do in life constantly. But I can't truly juggle. Yes. I, I can barely throw a ball up in the air and catch it with the same hand because uh, I'm really not coordinated. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to be able to juggle because they just watch people who juggle and it's like, 
wow, that's really cool, you know? I, I, I can't do that either. So these are just some of the things that I'd love to be able to do in life or at least be able to do them terribly. You know, like, boy, you really suck at it. Yeah, but I can do it. So I'm starting at suck, and I'm going to work my way up to really bad. You know? Uh, I can't do them at all. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it, it's a non-starter for me. So, you know, by the time we finish this, this shtick over here, I, I turn on my phone. I'll have 200 text messages, of which 90 will be urgent 911s for the week. Uh, and it's like, oh, my God. But then again, I like it. You know, because I'm because I'm good, and I just spit on myself too. I hope when that, that's going to be a meme, right? <laughs> Heyman just spit on himself. You know, maybe he should brush his teeth after he eats. I don't I don't know. Um, in the car on the way here, because it's the only time I, I get a chance to eat something. <laughs> I'm WrestleMania week. I know, I know. I could eat less. I got it. Um, I didn't eat anything either. I get it. I, so, so you know, if, if, I, if, I, if you do it well, take pleasure in doing it. I I completely relate with that because I sometimes I'll be like. Oh, I've got like 15 interviews lined up for WrestleMania week or whatever. And someone's like, oh, man, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not trying to – I shouldn't complain, actually. I love what I do. So there's no reason for me to complain about it. I enjoy doing this. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, – you know, it's, it's funny. It, 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 it just it reminds me of a story. I was a photographer, and uh, in 1984, I was, I was invited to come – to the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. It was 84, beginning of 85. I don't remember which one it was. Anyway, around that time period, 84, 85. Um, uh, I, was, I, was 19, I, was, I was 19 years old. It was right before I started at Studio 54. Okay. And uh, I was invited to come to, the, to, the, to the, what's now WWE, then WWF, uh, television tapings at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. And, uh, and, and as I came around a corner, I, I literally almost physically bumped into Vince. And he, oh! Good to see you. How have you been? You know, and and and, and I walked down a hallway with Vince, and, uh, and 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 somehow the conversation came up about work ethic. And 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 his line was, "There's so many people in life that wake up every morning and say, I have to go to work." And he just stopped where he was, and his shoulders got wide, and his his chest got really big, and he looks at me, he goes, "I wake up every morning." And I get to go to work. And I was like, wow, man, that's just a passion for what you do. That, that we should all aspire to finding that fulfillment, that happiness, that, that, uh, that spiritually orgasmic pursuit in life. Yeah, I just had my dad's funeral and he worked at, you know, in the entertainment industry for 30 years and he he was writing for his show in the hospital before, like a few weeks before you know a couple months or whatever before passing away and i remember him calling me and or telling me like i really need you in the hospital and i was like okay cool and i went out there and then he just worked the whole time on his show and i, I remember being a little mad about it but at the funeral i was thinking when i saw you know everyone talking about how it just you know how much he enjoyed work and getting to go every day and that he did, you know, there were things that he and I argued about over the years or whatever, but to see that, like, the reason was, you know, the reason he didn't talk about what he was dealing with or whatever is because it's because he just wanted to keep enjoying what he was doing every day and going to work and making people laugh and feeling like he was happy when he woke up for what he was doing. And I think it's kind of like the same work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> my son, 
once got just just really tired of how many hours I was putting into something, and he just looked at me. He goes, "You know, you're going to work yourself to death, right?" And I just looked at him. I said, "God, I hope so." <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be what? what? What did he die of? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Oh. Not your dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I would. I would. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. I yeah, yeah. Yes, and, I know. And and publicly, yes. My condolences. Thank you. No, I know. Um, my most profound condolences. Thank I, you. Uh, my. Uh, your son talking about what, yeah. yes yeah. overworking himself yeah, yeah you know what would, how did he go worked himself to death oh god what a what a what a blessed man you know <laughs> well <laughs> it would it would suck if you were like not enjoying yourself and worked that's yourself just, to but death yeah but that, that that that's a whole that's a different story that's, though that's a whole different life that I've avoided my entire yeah. You know, I, yes. I've just I've avoided my whole existence. Yeah, I, I it's impressive that you've been able to avoid having like a real job your whole life. But the job you have had, okay, so for the job you have had for the past what over nine hundred days has been, you know, <laughs> uh, it's a good transition there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the job you have had has been working alongside Roman Reigns yeah. in this new character that he was developing. Uh, just how proud of the work? How proud are you of the work that he's done these last nine hundred days? Infin over nine days, infinitely. Inspired and motivated by him himself every single day, because uh, his his ambition rivals Vince's. He 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 wants it, and he wants greatness. At at at, at a level, no one has ever achieved. Um. And and all false humility aside. That that's always been where my mindset has been, and uh, he matches it, and indeed surpasses it, and I, I I have to constantly catch up to him, and I love that. I that's that's what I want. That that that's oh my god. He just he 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 wants every micro moment of every frame of every scene that we do to be Academy Emmy Grammy award worthy. Uh, and and, uh, and 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 strives for that, and 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 microanalyzes every f every frame that we're in, uh, so that the next frames that we are in are even better. You know, it's 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 the old thing, and I say this all the time. You know, I, I want I want to be a better man tomorrow than I am today. I want to be a better man two days from now than I am tomorrow, or a smarter man, or a more successful man. Whatever you put in front of that, more tomorrow than today, more two days than tomorrow. Oh man, that's him. Oh man, you know it, it, it's funny because, you know, you say you know just just over nine hundred days, and um, we never look at how, how long it's been. We're looking at how long it can be. You know, so like our, our next goal is a thousand, and after a thousand, well, we made a thousand. Let's go for two thousand. You know, we make it two thousand. Let's, let's go for three thousand. You know, um, and you know, and and again, a, 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 a lot of these mindsets and lessons when when you're in this culture. In, in this company, relate back to the chairman. You know, uh, I, I I was on the jet. I was executive director at the time of Raw. Uh, the day the stock hit a hundred, which by the way was solely because I was executive director of Raw at the time. <laughs> but I digress. Therefore, I am. Yeah, no big deal. And uh, everybody was celebrating. Everybody, my God, the stock hit a hundred. Remember when we debuted at 19? The IPO was for 19. It's everybody celebrating. Not Vince. Number one, because he made it, gave himself the moment. Moment was over. Get back to business. And two, I'm sitting there on the jet with him, 
And I look over and I said, hey, just for the record, congratulations. You know, and couldn't have been a shorter, you know, thank you. <laughs> like, okay, well, that, that, was a, that was a short conversation. And I was thinking to myself, okay, did I piss him off? You know what? And I looked at him, I said, let me see if I get this one. See if, let me sit under the learning tree for a moment. And he says, okay, go for it. And, he, and I said, everybody else is sitting there celebrating 100. You're sitting there celebrating, okay, we got to 100. That means we now have to strive to get to 200. Looks at me, he goes, That's the mindset. See, that's, that's the ambition. That's the drive. That's the pursuit. That's the momentary fulfillment that brings you some soulful nirvana that allows you to then focus in on the next pursuit and the chase becomes everything. It's a never-ending chase with a few, few stops along the way to go, yeah, okay. What's next? You know, it's it's just uh, it's 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 a it's a polyamorous relationship with 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 pursuit and fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, because that seems because I think you want to celebrate some some of the successes, but I mean, I also understand not wanting to live in the past. You know, you you've done it. Now what's next? Because if you stay dwelling on the success then you might stay there rather than continually just moving ahead well you just did you just you just did the interview with steve austin yep you know and, and i would imagine if the question was for steve or for Dwayne johnson or for john cena or or for hulk hogan or for rick flair or anybody else um what was it like like you look at austin you know in in, in the middle of just the hottest period that he had, or The Rock, in the hottest period that he had, and you ask these people, what was it like? I don't think they can tell you, because they were too busy living it. We're in the middle of what is so far the hottest period we've had. The goal, of course, is wherever we are today pales by comparison at WrestleMania 40. Because if you look back to where we were a year ago, we thought that was the middle of it all. We're infinitely hotter and more successful and drawing bigger numbers and drawing bigger gates and smashing, in the terms of the tribal chief, smashing all the box office records from last year. Everybody celebrated when the company had its first billion dollar gross with Roman Reigns on top all 365 days. Now we did a $1.25 billion nice. gross with Roman Reigns on top 365 days of that year. Damn. Goal is to do more this year. But what's it like in, in the midst of it all? Can't tell you. Because we're too busy, one, living it, two, trying to top it and taking the long-range approach of where we're going to be next year at WrestleMania 40 so that we can look back on this and go, <laughs> yeah, those were the lean times, you know? <laughs> yes. And, and, uh, and three, we're defending it. We're defending it. And so uh, if you spend too much time toasting yourself and you spend too much time celebrating the spoils or the riches or the successes of it all, then you don't realize how hard you have to work to stay there. Because... Floyd Mayweather says it best, you know, when, when he would just say hard work. 
It's hard work. I live the life, but I put in the work for it. We put in the work. We're not just sitting back going, oh, look at where we are. Look at what we've done. All right. We're working. We are working at this. We are constantly refining, constantly studying, constantly figuring it out, constantly brainstorming, constantly conspiring. Always, always, always striving, you know, just understanding whatever we did yesterday is yesterday. And someone else is watching it going, oh, that's the secret sauce, okay? And they figure out the secret sauce, you know, and next thing you know, you're not undefeated. So we're defending it as well. It's it's really cool to hear this kind of stuff because I think that, you know, we as wrestling fans, sometimes we, you're just thinking about how good the match is or how good the storyline is. And when you hear, like, what life is like at the top, being the top guy and having to think of, you know, billion dollars a year and, and all these kinds of things, and it puts into perspective just, like, how much bigger it is when you're that top guy, especially in the era now where, like you said, it's the hottest wrestling is, you know, WWE has been in, in a long time. I think this is the hottest the industry has ever been. You know, it's, 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 uh, I mean, well, the box office receipts speak for themselves. Yeah, because I was going to say, more successful, yes. But I feel like the attitude might have had more attention on, on wrestling, maybe. It was more transformative. Yes, there we go. That's a better word for it. Yes. You know, and the only other era that could compare to that was when Vince went national, you know, because by the time he went national, people were so used to the expansion. That the big story really is how global this thing is. Take, with very few exceptions, a Conor McGregor would be an exception. And it also has to do with the Floyd Mayweather fight. Take, with very few exceptions, take any UFC major star and walk them down the street in some foreign countries, nobody will know who they are. Take a mid-card WWE superstar and walk them down the street in any foreign country and they're going to get mobbed like justin bieber it's insane it really is the distribution of this product is insane but that was you know 80 84 85 was you know the transformative years of of the, of the industry where, where where vince took it you know national and competed with everybody and then the attitude era completely changed the dynamic of the entire presentation of the entire industry and, and how the industry w uh, w would, you know, in the same way, you know, really, you know, sports entertainment becoming, uh, you know, a, a dominant television commodity. Yep. What's changed now is not transformative in that way. What has changed now, and this is, again, all false humility aside, this is, this is the Roman Reigns era. Because we are doing things now that if I said to you on here two years ago, here's the vision, here's the goal, here's where we're going to take this, you'd look at me like I'm the biggest schmuck in the industry. You Absolutely. Would. Yeah, you would. You know? If you told me when Roman first came back and you guys were first paired together that he would hold the title for a thousand days, I would have been like, come on, of course, he's not going to, or that he would take the company and rise it to the levels it is now like i i would have been like ah, come on you know especially with what it ha you know what had happened last time when they were trying to push him as the baby face or whatever and now you see what he's done and you're just like man this guy has made history the past you know few years the main event of most smackdowns or raws that have the 
privilege of Roman Reigns appearing live is a promo segment. We don't even bother teasing you that he's going to wrestle on television anymore. We don't even bother with it. The story takes precedent over everything. And you're going to see the next chapter of the story play out in a scene in the ring in Seg 11 for Raw. In Seg 11 for SmackDown or Seg 16 for Raw. That's it. The backstages that we do now, if I told you about that two years ago, you'd point your finger and laugh at me. You'd go, <laughs> this guy's out of touch. He has no clue where the business is headed. But look at what Roman Reigns has done with that. Yep. We do movie scenes in the back now. We do movie scenes. We we do scenes like out of out of Peaky Blinders or 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 or, 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 or Breaking Bad or or, or or Better Call Saul or 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 whatever whatever the hot show is today, you know. But but these these, these are the th- scenes that you know or, or Hunters, you know, with with, with uh, Pacino and, yep. Le- and Lena Olin, you know. We, these are the, these are the things that we're doing now. On a couch, on a couch, just like kind of like this, you know? we just and we play out movie scenes that progress the story, and this is the top star. It's not, ladies and gentlemen, I'm standing here with Roman Reigns who defends the title this Sunday at WrestleMania against Cody Rhodes. You know, Roman, do you think oh, I've seen this challenger come up? We're looking at camera, go, okay, man, this Sunday I'm gonna bust your ass. It's not what we do. No, we do three, four, five minute movie scenes, and the best part about it is that. It translated so well to where people aren't mad about it either. People are loving it, and they've said that like the past what year, whatever, with Sami Zayn and everything yep. is. A lot of people say it's the best storyline in WWE history. And, and, and one, we do them all live. That's crazy. That's we, awesome. We don't pre-tape them. We do them live because we want the pressure. Two, we like it that way. Three, it's real. It's very real to us when we do it. Um. Four, it plays out better. Five, we wait till the last second to do the refinement on what we're going to say so that we have no... Because if we look at it, we'll always say we can do it better. We do it live, we're stuck with it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how we do it, you know. But but you just think about that. What a transformative way to offer pro wrestling slash sports entertainment slash the unique product called WWE as compared to anybody else within that fits within the genre that you'd label pro wrestling or sports entertainment. We just this 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 is a different take. The way Roman Reigns does his matches, and now I see everybody else doing it, the ta- yelling and talking during the match, like loudly yelling at the opponent and stuff. That he yeah he definitely ushered that in for sure, big time. This is different. His matches are different. There is a very unique Roman Reigns style to this now. And it started when we had no audience. It started. It started. It started with a digital audience uh, dur- during the pandemic. So again, I, I I think when we look back on this 25 years from now, which at that time we may be ready to drop. I was just gonna make that joke. The title to somebody <laughs> worthy, hopefully. Um, you know, we'll say, wow, he what what what, what a new way to approach the presentation of the performers and the characters and the personas in this industry and Roman Reigns is the one that did it he's the one that changed it he's the he he, he deserves he deserves the credit for it he, he did it 
well, since the since he did that, and you've been there helping, and the two of you, you know, have, have had this hand and everything, and, and 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 trying to make sure you are dialed in on the presentation, it must make you pretty happy then to hear people say that they think these past, you know, this last year of Roman Reigns' career might be the best story in WWE history. Considering like you were an outsider at times and you were in, you're out, but now like you're there and you were part of the story and had a hand in it. And now people are saying this, you got to be proud a little bit of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but, but I, 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 there was the only way we were going to get together. You know, I mean, you, you just, you, you just look at people who, um, Who tilted the axis of the of the industry that they loved? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you you look at how Hollywood of you know how, how apropos of, a, of an analogy it is to do this this week, you know, but you look at how Hollywood would look at a leading man, you know, it'd have to be either you know Clark Gable, you know, just you know the the, the, the perfect. Right, idea of man. Right. Yep. Uh, or, 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 or you'd have to go gangster. James Cagney, Humphrey Bogart, George Raft, Edward G. Robinson. Right. Then came Brando, or, 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 or Olivia. You know, you know, you know, Shakespearean trained, can do anything you want. Under, you know, easy, easy. The actor's actor. Yes. And then came Brando. You know, and James Dean, and you know the method acting. And tilted the axis as to what an actor is supposed to be, and what an actor is willing to do for the craft, for the role, for the art, you know. Um, and the same thing, you know. And in, in music, there's always, you know, the, those revolutionaries who are not just revolutionaries, but evolutionaries. You know, I, I, I go back, you know, talk about ECW. I, I talk about, you know, how, what, what Nirvana did and came in, you know, in the era of the hair bands, yep. you know, or what hip hop did. It completely tilted the axis of the industry. That was the goal. Like, what are we going to do that sets us apart from anybody else in history? That when you trace back where this business will be in terms of how people approach the business, write for the business, produce the business, shoot the business, perform in the business, who tilted the axis? Who changed the game? Who updated it so far that it's not revolutionary, it's evolutionary it's it's a completely different twist on what we do the tribal chief roman reigns that was the only way we were going to get together yep that's that's why we waited so long until we both had an opportunity to do it the timing was right the world was in a different place the zombie apocalypse had hit there were no there were no live crowds we had an opportunity to walk in and whisper and, and whisper come out on tv and whisper and, 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 and not even hold the mic in our hands and the camera mic could pick it up because there's no audience there. So everybody else felt limited and constricted. All we saw was opportunity. And, and, and that's who I want to work with. So satisfied? No. Uh, proud? Infinitely. Blessed? Beyond description. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started in this. I mean, it's because that, that's always the challenge, you know? Yep. 
Look what they did with McIntyre. Oh my God, that was so great. That audience in Cardiff was, 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 was yearning. They were clamoring. They can't top that. Oh man, look what they did for War Games. Oh man, that was hot. That was great. What was the biggest moment in War Games? Sammy and Jay hugging. That's why I love it. Because I've always looked at wrestling like my favorite TV show. Yes, I know I, I look at this very athletic thing, sport, whatever. But ultimately, it's like my favorite genre of television show. And so a lot of times since the Attitude Era, I think that like it, ha it has had a similar format for so long. Very similar. Want to maybe try and get something like Stone Cold or there's an authority figure versus a baby face or whatever. And I did think that like Roman Reigns and what you guys have done really has changed that and made people's eyes open up to the fact that like you can just treat this as a tv show like you said the peaky blinders the all these types of shows that that it draws inspiration from and i think that it has helped change things for the better and i do think it's why we're in this hot of an era right now i mean this storyline with Sami Zayn and the hug you know it's based and what's going on with kevin owens and, and everything it's based off of like real life stuff that people can relate to and i think that um, that's why Stone Cold hit in the 90s, you know, because it was like people can relate to disliking their boss and wanting to fight back against them or whatever. And I think that like with this story, like a lot of people can relate to the fact that like Sammy wanted acceptance in this family that he, you know, that he wanted to be involved right. in right. and then realized he didn't need that because he already had acceptance from a friend. Like these are things you see on like regular TV shows, not necessarily pro wrestling. And I love seeing the change. Well. Again, so so you know we went from war games, you know, we went into the Sammy thing. Yep. You know, and and uh, and, and 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 everybody was so in love with the Sammy thing. It was like, oh, you can't do WrestleMania without Sammy. Sammy has to be in the main event of WrestleMania. And we we knew we were going to hit gold with Cody. We knew it. I mean, n n number one, we're always going to top ourselves. When we realize we can't top ourselves, then we found someone that can carry it. That and 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 and, and that's when. A new story will have to be told, not not as tribal chief champion, but okay, you know, here here here's here here's a new story for us to go. Here's a new here here's a new narrative. Here here's a, here's a new trajectory for us. Till we find that, this is where we're going. We're going to top ourselves. Um, uh, we knew we'd we'd come out of Montreal and we'd, then we'd be focused on Cody. And we knew that that story was so compelling. By the time we got here, Sammy and Kevin against the Usos is, wow, that's, that's box office gold. They, they're going to they're gonna want that, and they're going to want Cody against Roman, and they're going to want to see it to be Cody, and, and, and they're not going to be saying, oh, this is less than. They're going to be saying, this is the main event, because here's where it relates. You hit the word acceptance. The Sammy story was easy. It's acceptance. Anyone that has been past eighth grade has sat in the cafeteria and went, or known people, or been involved with people, and went, I want to sit with those guys over there. They're assholes. Yeah, I know they're assholes. <laughs> but I want to sit there. Yeah, but why? They're not even cool. They're just assholes. Yeah, but they get all the attention. That is, in cafeteria terms, the island of relevancy. Absolutely. They're relevant. Absolutely. I want to be relevant. To be relevant in this school, got to sit with them. But they're assholes. No, I don't care they're assholes. I want to <laughs> sit with them. Walk up to them. I know I don't belong here. I know I don't fit in. 
I want to sit at this table. I want to be accepted on the island of relevancy, on the table of relevant kids in this high school. And guess what? You worm your way in, you sneak your way in, you connive your way in, you cajole your way in, you get in. And once you're in, you're there and you look around and you go, these guys are assholes. hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. And then, you know, it's, 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 it's like the old, it's, it's, it's the old meatloaf song, um, 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 Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yep. You know, will you love me forever? Will you need me? Will you never leave me? Will you yes, yes, I'll love you forever. I'll love you till the end of time. And then the deed happens in, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, and you go, so now I'm praying for the end of time, you know? <laughs> and you just look around and you go, God, these guys are assholes. How do, how, how do I get away from them? It's acceptance. It's dangling that carrot in front of the horse. The horse finally gets the carrot. The horse realizes the carrot is sour. Now we go to Cody. So Cody's not about acceptance. Cody is a completely different story than has ever been told. And it's the most basic human emotion that everyone can relate to. And I'll lay it on you because your experience, I bet you Oh, I already, it's, 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 the, it's, it's earning the love of your father or the acceptance of your father. And not only that, but it's the fact that with the recent passing, said all, yeah, yeah, with yeah, all due respect, yeah, was... of a parent, there's jealousy and there's envy because what you find out is that you had to share that parent with other people in life. Because once the parent, you know the old thing of, I'll live through your memories? Yes. You take that responsibility. I know this is very Jewish. <laughs> I, and it is. It is, it, yeah, it's fair. Darling, this is so Jewish. <laughs> it's more Jewish than Mahjong and Shuffleboard in West Palm. <laughs> I assure you. But it is. It's just such a Jewish concept. You know, I, yep. I'll, 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 I'll live in your memories forever. But what's not just confined to we of the Yiddish Kepalas is the, the notion of jealousy and envy over one's parent when you realize that your relationship with this parent was not exclusive. Guaranteed, there's somebody out there today that goes to a convenience store, uh, 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 wherever, to work, stops off somewhere, runs into somebody, and the guy goes, hey, I was a friend of your dad or your mom's. Oh, really? Oh, nice to meet you. Oh, oh you're, you're Fred. Nice to meet you, Fred, or Mary, or whatever it is, right? And the person says, you know, they always told me how, like, when you were seven years old, you drew that picture of them, and you wrote, I love you, and how they always kept it in their pocket. And that, and that they wanted to be buried with it. And you sit there and, and, and you tell the story to other people. They're like, oh, that's so beautiful. That's so wonderful. And meanwhile, you're inside going, they shared that with you? Who the fuck is you? Yes. They shared that with my dad or my mom. I, I thought that was my memory. I, I thought that was personal. I thought that was exclusive to me. Well, and furthermore, in that same story of like, I, it was crazy. I was at the funeral for my father, and I was sitting there. I, this is how real life the story with Cody is. I was sitting there at the funeral, and my dad my dad helped me with things, but, like, it's not like he gave me a million jobs and, like, told me to, like, go always follow your dreams. Like, we, you know, we, we had our issues or whatever, like, where 
it almost felt like he wasn't confident in me like he was in others. And so I was sitting there hearing all these people talk about, oh, Scott did this for me and that for me in the industry. And I was sitting there like, why didn't he do that for me? That's weird. And then that the next day was when Cody had that promo with Roman where they were talking about that similar kind of thing where Roman was saying like I was technically like I was the guy that he that he actually believed in, not you. And I was thinking like, oh, this is a real life deep stuff that they are digging into here, and it's very relatable to people even outside of wrestling. There were two things that we knew walking into this. One, we knew we did not have to manufacture anything. We knew the truth was the most compelling riveting, gripping story we could tell all the way to WrestleMania. We knew it. N number two, here's what we didn't want. Hey, man, your father was a piece of crap. You know what? When I beat you, it's like pissing on your dad's grave. We weren't going to disrespect Dusty because we all love Dusty. And just me saying that, when Cody watches this, something inside him is going to go, you know how I can really hurt Cody Rhodes right now? I can tell him how much I loved his father. It hurts. It does. It can't but hurt. No matter how righteous of a man he is, no matter how good of a man he is, no matter how wonderful and altruistic of a man he is, it hurts. There's jealousy. There's envy. Cody grew up having to share his father with the world. That's tough enough as it is. Here's what's even tougher. He had to share a lot of that with people in the same industry that Cody's in. It's like it's one thing if your spouse leaves, leaves you. It's another thing if your spouse leaves you for someone that you have to work with. <laughs> so Cody not only ha had to go to work for so long going, oh, hey, that's Dusty's kid. Oh, oh, oh you're the son of the – let me do something for you just because how much I liked your – man, do something for me because I earned. Don't judge me by my father. Judge me by my own merits and criticize me for my own lackings, but not my lackings compared to my father. Okay? That's one thing. But Cody has to sit here and he has to hear, this is what your dad shared with me. And either Cody says, well, I guess he didn't only share that with me. So I guess he looked at other kids like they were his kids and, man, I'm, I'm his biological son. Or number two, he has to sit there and say, why didn't he share that with me? He never told <laughs> exactly. me Exactly, yeah. He shared that with you and not with... It hurts. Big time. We don't have to manufacture anything. We don't have to lie. It's like I said on television, the most gangster thing we can do to Cody Rhodes is simply state the truth. What a story to tell. Because we're laying emotional baggage on someone who can do nothing about it. Because number one, it's the past. Can't change the past. And number two, you can't even address it because Dusty's gone. So he can't even go to Dusty and say, yo, why'd you share that with him for and not with me? Or I thought you only told me that you told Roman, you told Haman. What? He can't even address it. That's a mind That's, that's, Anybody can relate to it. And we're pouring this emotional baggage onto somebody who's walking into his first WrestleMania main event. And that, I assure you, is a weight that is pronounced when you have to handle it. For 
all that you see of the swagger and the confidence and the ego and the self-esteem and the self-assuredness of Roman Reigns, I was there for his first WrestleMania main event because it was against Brock Lesnar. I was there for the first promo that he had to do about his first WrestleMania main event because it was the night after the blizzard and Brock and I came and when I, I opened it up by shaking his hand and telling him I've known your family longer than you've known your own family. Um, and then when we finally brought it out into the ring, Brock had walked out of WWE five weeks before WrestleMania and we were tasked with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman in the ring talking about Roman Reigns' first WrestleMania main event, just the two of us, which, as history will now show, these parallels between these two men that carry their family legacies, both from the past and into the future, Cody Rhodes' first promo with somebody about his first WrestleMania main event was with me. The parallels, the, the, um, the, the symmetry in that is very noticeable to us. And it's noticeable from, from a fan perspective, too. It's great. And it's the truth. And, you know, as I said on television, the truth will not set Cody Rhodes free. The, the truth will imprison his spirit going into the most pressure-filled, stressful, Burden-heavy moment of, of his entire life because a, a, a multi-billion dollar industry, the industry revolves around WrestleMania. It ain't just WWE. As WrestleMania goes, so does the rest of the industry. Uh, the stock, the sale, the rights fees negotiations. Hey, that main event sucks. Everything gets hurt. That main event lives up to expectations, which is not our goal. Our goal is to surpass all expectations, under promise and over deliver, and we're promising greatness, so we got to over deliver. <laughs> yes. Hey, what's your under promise? Greatness. <laughs> oh. oh, 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 that's what the bar's at. Okay, uh, okay, all oh, right. Okay, we're, we're we're starting there. We're starting at an A plus plus. Okay, you know, um, he has to carry his end. You know, you can't just be Roman carries him to a great match. You gotta, you gotta watch that match and go, man. That was Cody's night, you know. Man, that boy, he brought it. Oh man, I mean, that, that, hey, you know, new top star, you know, you know, uh, top star one, top star one A, Hogan and Macho, you know, either one on top, Flair and Dusty, Rock and Austin, Rock and Austin, you know, one, one guy falls off a cliff, the other guy's right there going, don't worry, everything's fine, I got this seamless transition. You know, just here we go. We we you know we, we we can main event Saudi on the same night we main event Madison Square Garden, and both have turned away crowds. You know that that's where you want to be. Well, that was actually all. That being said, is my final question here is I was going to end it on this. Do you think that Cody has what it takes to carry the company on his back in the same way that Roman Reigns has these last almost thousand days? I. I would be hesitant to ask anybody to follow the, the body of work and the transformative t 
tone tenor demeanor that Roman Reigns has brought to WWE and its audience and its expanded audience the past two and the industry the past two and a half years. If you're looking for a successor to Roman Reigns, there's nobody. Sorry. There's nobody. There's not. If if I thought that there was, you'd be his advocate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, 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 because the first move I made after Lesnar ha- had to be bigger than what I did with Lesnar. And we were together for 20 years. Multiple title reigns. In WWE and UFC together. Yep. Um, behind the scenes there. But still. Um, best-selling book together. And then the holy grail of WWE, bigger than any championship, any main event, anything you could ever want, conquering the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. That's, <laughs> that's know, Yeah, that's the end-all, be-all there. That's, that's, that's it. That's, yeah. It's a lifetime pass to, oh, you're the guys. Oh, you're the, you're the one. You know, you're, you're the one. 21 and one. Um, so if I was going to make any attempt at life after Lesnar, it had to be this. And there was only one person to do it with, Roman Reigns. There's nobody else. There's nobody else. And if there was somebody else who would be ready in five years, that I could invest five years of my life to take them to that promised land and take me along with them, just hitched, it, hitched with them for the ride, you know, holding on for dear life with, you know, white knuckle, oh my God, oh my God, I found it, I found that, I found it. I would have go- gone with them. I see the way you're looking at Solo, though, lately, so. I like Solo. He could be that guy. You never know. But that would have to be something different. So we started with a very long answer to a very short question, and the very long answer to a very short question about Cody is this. Can he replace Roman? Can he succeed Roman? That's not the goal. What would Cody do to transform the industry? What would Cody do? to revolutionize the concept of sports entertainment, WWE, this genre, pro wrestling, however you look at this, what would he do? What would he do to create a period of evolution in this industry? Here's what I like about him. He's a disruptor. He really is. Look what he did. He didn't like where he was here. He walked, he scratched and he clawed and he went through all the, I don't disparage bingo halls, I, <laughs> I made a big part of my rep to this day in a, in a bingo hall. Yes. God bless the bingo halls. <laughs> Thank you for the bingo halls. He played the bingo halls. He played the BFWs. He played the local high schools. He performed in front of 25 people somewhere, somehow smelt where the business was going, looked at the 19-year-olds, like Austin Theory, you know, that were coming up and you go, ooh, ooh, if it takes five, 10 years for this guy to hit, he's 30, <laughs> and he's the guy, right? Uh-huh. Met a lot of these people. Got a, got a smell for where the audiences were going. And then sold it, the concept, the theory, no pun intended, all puns intended, uh, the uh, the vision to a couple other people and someone with billions of dollars to back it 
and again, distribution. Got it on television. Yeah, no easy feat. He disrupted this industry. He changed the game already. Yep. And once he did that, once he lived that dream, all puns intended, and and also puns intended, experienced the nightmare of going through it and the dues you got to pay and the dedication you got to make and the 24-7, 365 sacrifice of it. And once he did it and was satisfied with the fact that he did disrupt the industry, which was the goal, then he wanted something else. What he realized, what he wanted was the original dream of main eventing WrestleMania. Can he carry the industry? Oh, I hope so. I hope, I hope he can. Because whether he wins the title or not, He's tasked with it. That's who he is. He's somebody different. He's that ambitious. He has that vision. So from the perspective of a challenger or a champion, one would hope he's a guy pulling the wagon. We'd hope that we come out of this WrestleMania main event with the ability to sell out Saudi on the same night that we're selling out Madison Square Garden <laughs> or Yankee Stadium yes. or SoFi. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing to have? Roman Reigns is main eventing here. Cody Rhodes is main eventing there. Or Roman Reigns is main eventing there and Cody Rhodes is main eventing here. Is he the guy? Win, lose, or draw? I certainly hope so. We need more people like that. We need more disruptors. We need more game changers. We need to take this industry to next year, five years from now, 10 years from now, 25 years from now. He's one of the people. It's forward thinking enough. Take us someplace that I'm not envisioning, nor should I. I have my own vision. I'm playing that out with Roman Reigns. I'd like to know his. Interesting to me. Intriguing. Well, we won't find out until this weekend when Cody Rhodes challenges for the Undisputed Universal Championship at WrestleMania in Hollywood against Roman Reigns. He's got to get through Roman Reigns first in order to be the guy that's going to take things forward. So we'll see. I'm excited uh, to watch it. You guys all better be watching as well. I'm sure if you're watching this, I don't need to sell you on WrestleMania. It's the biggest show of the year. I know you're already excited for it. That's why you watched Paul Heyman on this show. Uh, but, Paul, I really appreciate you giving Pleasure. me the time, dude. Pleasure. This was awesome. Thank you very much. I always love picking your brain. I think I got through, like, two of the questions that I had written down because – I'm just so fascinated hearing your mind work, so I'm glad that we got to do this. Went right down the rabbit hole. Exactly. Like I said, go get uh, WrestleMania this weekend. Watching it. It's on Peacock. Make sure you're checking it out. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin. This is Paul Heyman, and this has been Out of Character. Go, go.